soap in their house or soap available, yet they never apply it to their own body to make themselves clean. Knowing about something does not mean that it's actually affecting your life. Understanding that soap's available. Oh, yeah, soap can make you clean. Until you take that soap, pick it up, get into the shower, or get a bucket, or get an ice challenge, or something. Get wet, get the soap, put it on your body, wash your hair, wash your body, clean yourself. Until you actually take that soap and apply it to your body, the soap is useless. Even though it's been invented, even though it's available, even though it can be sitting there right on your bench. Christianity is exactly the same. You can know about God. You can know Jesus went to the cross. You can know that he rose again and brought victory and power available to overcome sin and to bring forgiveness and to bring power into our lives to overcome setbacks, mindsets, challenges, addictions. We can know all that. But unless we apply it to our lives and begin to walk in the victory of what Jesus achieved, it will never do anything for you. It'll never change your life. It'll never make a difference. It'll never make you clean. That's good preaching. Come on, you can clap to that. (laughs) Come on, I'm working hard up here. (laughs) Give me some love. Give me some sugar. (laughs) You've got to apply it to your life. You've got to say, you know what, what the Bible says is true. And if I'm not experiencing it, it's not God's fault. If what he says is not real in my life, then that doesn't mean that I need to change the word of God to align itself with my circumstances in my life. No, we do the other thing. The word of God is true and I must begin to change my thinking in my life to align myself with what God says is achievable, is uh, available and belongs to me as a believer. That's what we have to do. That's what God says to walk in that victory. And if we're waiting for our feelings to tell us whether God's word is true or not, you will be waiting a very, very long time. Our feelings are a great barometer, but they are a poor compass for life. We do not live by our feelings. We do not live by our emotions. We live by what we believe. We live out of what we know to be true. And over and over again, Jesus says in his Bible, I tell you the truth. This is how it is. And if you believe it, accept it, live out of it, walk in it, you'll see the power of it coming into your life and into your circumstances. All throughout Revelation, it says, to him who overcomes, these promises are available. To he who overcomes, that word, nikael, in the original Greek, means to overcome. It's a warfare word. It's a battle word. It means to go into a challenge and overcome. So in other words, what the Bible's saying is these things don't come easy. They don't just fall on our life and fall into our world and we just cruise through and all these things happen. No, it says you've got to fight for them. You've got to fight 
with your mind and your mindset and our thinking about what's true and what to believe and what to hold on to. To say, no, it's true, even though my circumstances don't align with what it's saying. I know it to be true. I believe it to be true. I'm not going to change God's word. I'm not going to bring it down to to align itself with my circumstances. I'm going to lift myself up and believe God and hold on to what he says until what I'm experiencing aligns itself with what he says is available. To him who overcomes... So we've got to embrace it, embrace it, hold on to that victory, to see it in our lives. Otherwise, Christ died for nothing. Every time we fail to appropriate the things that he purchased upon the cross, then he went to that cross for no reason when it comes to those things. Every time we live in defeat, we're saying, Jesus, what you did was not enough for me. What you did was not enough to bring me out of my circumstances. Maybe the person over there, because they're different, but not me. Because I've had this happen to me, and I had this upbringing, and I had this situation, and I had this experience, and this thing, and this thing that stops me from receiving and living in the victory that Jesus promised. And yet the Bible says that nothing, nor no one, nor anything can hold me back from what God made available to me in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, it is available. It is for all. There is no exceptions. Anyone, the Bible says, anyone who believes, anyone who accepts, anyone who holds on to it will be saved, healed, uh, forgiven, made clean and walking in the power. It's not dependent upon who you are. It's dependent upon who he is. And he has not changed. He has not changed. He's still the same. So in John 10.10 10, it says, I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. I have come that you might have life. In the original language, if you read the amplified version, it says that you might have superabundantly, over and above, that which is expected nor uh, or that you think is possible. Superabundantly, over and above. That's the kind of life God has called us, made available to us and to our lives and to our family and to those around us. I have come that you might have life. I want to experience that life. I want to experience and take a hold of and appropriate every single thing that Jesus purchased upon the cross because he did it for me. And he did it for you. And I want to say, God, everything that you earned, everything that you purchased, everything that you died for, I'm going to appropriate to my life because I don't want you to feel like you died for nothing when it comes to me, when it comes to my life and my circumstances. Many of us know this scripture, John 10.10. You might even have it on your fridge. It's pretty common, John 3.16, John 10.10. I've come that you might have life and life in abundance. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But are you appropriating it? Are you living in it? 
Are you fighting for it to become a reality in your life? Or have you just accepted the way life is, accepted the circumstance that you're in, and then justified the reality, brought God's word down because you don't want to fight anymore? Maybe you got tired, discouraged, disillusioned, disappointed with life, and therefore said, you know what? I don't believe that anymore. This is just the way it is. It doesn't get any better than that. I want to declare to you this morning that it gets a whole lot better than what you've got right now. Because Jesus wants you to live in abundant life. An abundant life through his victory. So number two. Number one, our past forgiven. Number two, our present empowered. And number three, our future assured. John 3.16, which is the other popular fridge magnet, Christian fridge magnet. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever, do you love the all-encompassing nature of God's promise, God's death, his resurrection, his ascension, his promises? They are all-encompassing. They're not dependent upon where you were born, how you were educated, how you were raised. For God so loved the world that he gave it, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the message that God has asked us, that Jesus says, I want you to take to the world. This is the message of Easter. This is what it's about. And that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves the world. Heaven is not impressed with creation. The angels are not overwhelmed by the universe and the galaxies as incredible as they are. But what they are amazed and overwhelmed with is that God so loved this world that he gave his son that whoever believed in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. You know, our society and our culture today When you have no purpose beyond the temporal for your life, then longevity becomes the goal. And we have a society where living a lot longer, as long as possible, is the goal of life. But, you know, the Bible never says that longevity is the purpose of life. We all want to live a long life. I'm not saying that we should look to shorten the length of it. But the goal is not to see how long you can live. The goal is to fulfill God's purpose and plan for our life, however long that takes. Living to 80, 90, 100, I don't care. I'm not interested. I want to fulfill God's purpose for my life. Kevin was sharing here today, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added. Longevity is not the goal of the Christian. The purpose of God, the kingdom of God, 
living in the reality and the power of what he achieved, seeing that demonstrated in our life and sharing it with other people and making a difference in the world. That's why we're here. That's what he's called us to do. That's the purpose of our life. That's why we get up in the morning, not to make it to another day, another year, another decade, see if we can become a centurion. I hope you do. But that's not the goal of my life. And it shouldn't be the goal of yours. 1 John 2.17, which is my favorite scripture in all the scriptures, says, I've forgotten what it says. <laughs> Look it up for me, Jason. Um, oh, there it is. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Our future is assured in Jesus Christ. This life is not all there is. It does not all end here. Only the world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. Are you living for the purpose of God? Are you living to see all that he achieved and purposed upon the cross outworked in your life and your circumstances? And are you living that what you have might be given to someone else who's hungry? Bread to the hungry. There's plenty of people out there that don't think they're hungry and not interested in the gospel or God or anything like that. And, but Jesus said, open your eyes, see the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. There are people who are aware of their need for God, their lostness. They're going around in circles, never overcoming, never breaking free, constantly caught in a cycle and never getting out. And they're saying, I need help. I need help. I want to go to another level. That's the promise that Jesus brought. Not just to get into heaven one day, as amazing and important as that is, but power to live a victorious life right here, right now. two weeks time we've got an Easter service we're going to be handing out flyers up the back I want you to think about who can you invite to that service that needs to hear this message bring your family bring your friends <clears throat> we might think oh everyone I know my family are Christians that's alright bring them anyway to create an atmosphere where those that do come that don't know the gospel are in a a place where they are able to hear the good news. Um, so I want you to take 10 of these. I want you to invite people. And if you don't have anyone to invite this Easter, then, as Mel said, put them in some letter boxes and then spend the next 12 months building some relationships so that you can actually invite somebody next Easter. Because if there's no one in our world 
that we're able to share the good news, then our world is too small. Our world is too small. Thank you, Jesus. Let's close our eyes.